Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I am your host, Paul Oren. You can find me on Twitter at NWI Oren, and you can find Union Street Hoops all over the Information Superhighway. Got a great episode today, a bonus episode, if you will, as the Valparaiso men's basketball team has finally announced their schedule for the 2020-2021 season. And as always, we bring in Valparaiso associate head coach Luke Gore to talk about how Valpo put together their schedule. This is a pretty interesting episode as Luke takes us through all the ins and outs of a COVID schedule here as the Crusaders finally have a blueprint for how they're going to navigate the upcoming college basketball season. We are thrilled to be joined now on Union Street Hoops by Valparaiso associate men's basketball coach Luke Gore. We're hanging out on Zoom. Obviously, the the people listening are only going to hear the audio, but I love this, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. We get to see each other here. This is the new normal. How are you doing? Uh, Doing well. Um, Ready to play some games, hopefully. Um, Get after it. I mean, thinking we're doing a scheduling uh, podcast on the 19th, and we were supposed to play Toledo on the 10th, um, you know, nine, ten months to go, so uh i'm excited to talk about basketball with you and uh we have a great group of guys and it's been fun working with them when we can and and just you know getting getting ready for the season and getting ready for life you know it has been crazy i just did a podcast yesterday with uh with robbie weinstein previewing the vanderbilt game which we'll get into in a second and before robbie and i talked i had kind of said my brain is still in st louis Right. Like I'm the last time I saw the Valpo basketball team and I've, I've bumped into you a couple times, but um, the last time I saw the collective was in St. Louis and it was, you know, there was a lot going on that day and, and a lot has happened since um, before we get into the schedule, I guess I want to ask you and I asked Matt Loddick this earlier uh, on a podcast. When did you mentally flip the calendar? When, when did, when did you have to start focusing on the 2020, 2021 season and stop thinking about the last, the last group of guys, I, I guess. Well, it, you know me, I, I, I flip, I flip things pretty quick in, in my, how my mind works. And, um, but this year was different because as soon as we got home from the tournament, um, COVID hit, you know, or, it didn't hit, but it, you know, the, you know, was it the beginning of March or every, everybody got shut down. And so um, you had time to reflect, watch more film, watch, you have more time to do things. Uh, usually we're hitting the road right away and just getting after it and recruiting. And we've been preparing for the, so for me this year, I actually reflected on it more, um, reflected on all the things, you know, the seniors gave us and, and that team and the memories of that. And it, it was pretty cool. Um, and after uh, basically, you know, but during that time uh, that we were, you know, working remotely and meeting with our team on on Zoom calls uh, like this, um, spent a lot of time on how do we get better? Um, how do we get to how do we get to St. Louis and better in in a better position? Uh, how do we keep growing as a as a group, not just as a basketball team? And uh, you know, what can we do to win one more game? You know, and and get to that game maybe easier. Um, which everybody in our league, I'm sure, was doing the same thing. Was it? it, it we'll get into the schedule in a second. W- was it hard not being able to be with your guys 
in the wake of losing that championship game. I would imagine you'd want to be collectively together feeling maybe the, I don't know, the pain of, of losing that game or, or how to build from that. And it felt like everything, like a Band-Aid being ripped off. You guys had to separate. And did you guys get a chance to, as a team to process what happened in St. Louis, both the good and the bad together? We have. We've had, we've had quite a bit of time to process it um, because there hasn't been as many other distractions. Um, there's been big distractions, but not, you know, as a basketball ward, not as many. And, you know, we were giving our guys, because we were planning on playing somewhere. We didn't know where. Um, so we were planning on playing more games. So we gave our guys a few days off, I think three. And it were, I, I think we were having them, I think it was Friday maybe. We had all of them come back after um, – Friday or Thursday and they all came back and that's when you know school you know all the other things were happening and school was going remote well the Rudy Gobert happened that Thursday and that's really the one that I remember is it was the day after my 40th birthday and I remember watching Rudy Gobert and and that game get shut down and I thought well the sports world is going to be I mean this ain't going to happen and yeah so we we had the guys scheduled to come back the next day they they did come back and we had a quick meeting on what we knew at the time, um, what we thought would happen. Um, and mainly we wanted to get our guys really focused on, um, on their academics. Uh, we want like, look, we got to flip this script and we had a great semester. They, they did a great job. Uh, GPA is really high, uh, in that semester. They really focused on it. Uh, they had more time to do it. I mean, um, so that helps. Uh, but, uh, so we wanted to get them focused with that and get them in in situations where if they if there's a class they're a little behind on that they were ready to and had the resources and the and, and the ways to catch up quickly um, because we were really afraid as this continued academically what we our whole focus was on that during that time we got to talk about the game and process it and realizing in year three uh, we wanted to make sure. You know the guys on last year's team know what they did. I mean, in in the third year in the in the Missouri Valley, a top ten team, top ten conference, we got to the championship game. And you know, um, nothing's guaranteed, as we all know now. But um, how do we keep building on that? Um, and uh, you know, just how do we have a good off season? And off season was drastically different than any off season we've ever had. One of your main focuses every offseason, and really it's a 24-7, 365 job, is putting together the schedule. You've been doing it for a long time. You've been talking to us on Union Street Hoops for it for a long time. We've talked about the the pitfalls and the and the obstacles that mid-majors have to deal with with scheduling. And now you throw in a massive uncertainty with COVID-19. You push the season back two weeks. You've got some contracts with some schools. I guess I want to I want to start with something that's not on the schedule, and then we'll go through some of the games here and and you know whatever anecdotes or, or or stories you can share about them. You guys were scheduled to play in an MTE in Nashville. This is uh, I think one that you've been in before a couple of years ago. I think it was Alec Peters' sophomore year. You guys went down there. You you dominated a couple of teams and I think that tournament was when I said oh wow this this team can be pretty good you guys end up going to the NCAA tournament that year um it looked like a return trip to Nashville as late as a month and a half ago it still looked like it was going to happen uh what happened there well um some of the teams backed out uh 
the the organizer of the tournament, he's one of the best in the business. Um, somebody I really trust. He does a great job. And so um, we were going to stick in it. And we had to be down to the play uh, Vanderbilt anyway. And we had this kind of planned out with Vanderbilt to be able to do both um, on the same trip, uh, save money on travel costs and, and just get it done on the same trip. And so, um, you know, we found out about a month and a half ago um townsend and wright state both pulled out um and joined other um mts that they thought fit them better um and so that put a that put a wrench in what we were doing um so then we had to just flip the strip and try to find out how how we we're going to make it work um we still were going to go down and play vanderbilt and then how do we how do we get to an mt that makes sense in this year how do we um get the full amount of games that we can possibly play on the schedule and move forward. And, and so it, when that happened, there was a few options that, that we were going to, we looked at and, and I know we talk all the time, but it, it's a, you know, it's a big team effort. Um, all of us in the staff and, and Mark and everybody working together to, to put together the schedule. And, and so when we found out that that was not going to happen, um, we also were finding out that, we were going to go from 13 non-league games to uh, to nine. So now we were actually in a great situation. We probably could have released our schedule earlier than we've ever released before with the plan where, and, and Mark had done some things to help us that we were going to be able to have six good home games. Um, but when COVID hit, you know, some of those plans, uh, we had to just take another route, which, you know, everyone had to do. And so then, you know, we got in talks with UIC and say, look, we're going to start a series. How do we make this work where we both get to count our game as a, as an MTE and still get to the, you know, the maximum number of games. And, and. Cause you, uh, you guys were going to play anyway. Like you guys we're going were... to play anyway. We yeah. already signed a, a, a agreement to play a home at home. And I'm, I'm very good friends with their previous coach and their, and their new coach. So it was like, how do we get this done? And uh, we both came up with a good idea to, to try to have it, have it be an MTE so it would count towards those two extra games. Um, but it took time for that. And then the NCAA changed the rules again on that, which actually made it easier for us to do it. And um, and that's how it all came about, where we UIC was really beneficial in helping us get that, where we don't have to travel, really, and um, just, you know, give our guys as many opportunities to play games. Is there, so obviously every, every game, and, and I, I want to share this. I, I texted you a, a week ago and I said, Hey, I don't know when the schedule's coming out, but let's do, let's do a podcast when, when we can do this. And, and you said, I'd love to, it might have to be an hour before the first game when we, you know, like that, <laughs> that feels like every, every game is going to be like a process to get to it. Um, I know Chicago's got some travel restrictions at the moment in terms of uh, quarantining either before or after or anything like that. Do, do you know, I know we're a couple of weeks out from that game. Do you know how that will affect the possibility of going to Chicago at this point? Well, UIC has been doing a good job um, knowing all the, all the rules. And there's, there's a lot of exceptions to that. Um, okay. There's a central travel, which includes, which I didn't know when it came out, I came out, I was like, how do you, how do you restrict Indiana when most of Indiana, Northwest Indiana works in Chicago? Like, how do you, how do you do that? I just didn't know 
Uh, but there's exceptions to that. And, and some of it's students, some of it's if you're going to going to school, um, some of it's if, if you're going to work and uh, they're pretty confident that, you know, that can still, that can still, that, you know, that the, our exceptions still work. Um, My guess is you're going to take the, I mean, you, it's, it's, it's a 6 p.m. game on December 1st. My guess is you're going to bus in, you're going to get off the bus, you're going to walk in the arena, you're going to play your game, you're going to walk out of the arena, get on the bus and go home, right? Without a doubt. It'd be very similar to how we, we scrimmaged them last year. You know, we get on the that bus. That never happened, run. Luke. That that game never happened. John Kaiser didn't hit a yeah. game winner at the yeah, end. Yeah. Can't talk about it. It never happened. You're right. You're right. You're right. But it's, a, I mean, there's not be fans there. We're going to get off the bus. We're going to play them and come home. So, um, let's yeah. talk, let's talk Vanderbilt. I, I, there's a lot to this one. Um, Bryce leaves five years ago now, I think. And I, you know, in the contract from what we've heard, Valpo's a private school, doesn't have to release this information. There was some clause in there that said that the team's got to play at some point. They were going to come here last year. They bought that out. It, it felt like this was never going to happen from a fan's perspective. From your perspective, was this always understood that you were going to get at least one game with these guys? Um. Yeah, yeah. how the contract was written. Yeah, I, I knew we would play one game I, I thought I mean um COVID hit then and so you never really know um but you know we we you know we're we always look forward to playing um you know you know you know BCS type schools um and so you know we weren't going to get out of the game um we we're excited about it uh, we wanted them to come here uh it didn't work out for them um and so it, you know we didn't get to play that game but you know we, we want to play as good of teams as we can. We want to play them at home if we can. Um, we're always looking at possibilities to try to get home games against the best competition possible. Um, in today's scheduling, uh, where teams are going to 20 and 22 league games, um, the big conferences, and then they're they're going to now tournaments, and then they're going to neutral site games, and then they're only, it only leaves them about four games to play after um, everything's you know already planned out for like a, a Big Ten team. You know, so they have four games and, you know, those four games, they want to play at home. And so it's, it's, it's a whole nother landscape and scheduling than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's just, you know, you know, a, a big 10 team doesn't, other than the games that are designated for them to play, there's no reason for them not to play the last four or five games at home. So uh, we wanted to play Vanderbilt. We'd love to, for them to come to our place, but just didn't work out. And so uh, take advantage of, you know, take advantage of that and move on. And, and that's what we did. And, you know, when I scheduled this, uh, not I, when we scheduled uh, the tournament in Nashville, it, the big reason for scheduling the tournament in Van Nashville this year was because Vanderbilt's there. And we'll always try, it would be over a time that we thought our guys wouldn't miss class and it would, it would limit the cost of travel. So when we're traveling, everybody's like, hey, put together a great schedule. Well, we really focus on two things is we want to put together, but really we don't want them to miss at least amount of classes possible. I know we talked about that a lot on these podcasts. And then second, how do we work the schedule around where we spend the least amount of money and be in the most cost efficient way um, and play great games? So that was a, so I, I thought the Vanderbilt thing would happen. Your first 17 games this year, because of the way that Valparaiso University has changed their academic schedule 
that, you know, the, today, as a matter of fact, uh, reading day and tomorrow finals begin, you're not going to have a game until finals are well over and your first 17 games are happening with no classes. I know that you would rather have COVID not be a thing and everything be kind of normal, but you've got 17 games where you don't have to worry about academics at the moment. How, how, and, and, and I'm, I'm imagine a lot of schools are going to be that way, but how beneficial is that to really focus on the first 17 games of your year are going to be about basketball and you don't have to balance a lot of the other stuff? Well, it's, it's great. We love it, to be honest. Uh, the only thing we don't love is our students are not here when we play home games. Um, yeah. And we'd, 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 we'd sacrifice that good practice times and being able to focus on basketball to have our students in the, in the crowds. Um, but it's, but you know, the, the big thing is most schools are going to this schedule. Yeah. Some schools haven't have been online the whole semester and the only people on campus are athletes. So, you know, it's, it, it can be a benefit. Um, it depends on, you know, how the guys take it as a benefit. Um, you know, we're going to start games very, you know, two weeks later than normal. And we're going to try to put in these nine games that we can play in the non-conference in a span before Christmas. And quite frankly, we're not, I mean, the conference is working on things still with that. I mean, they have the conference schedule out, but they're still working on options to maybe, you know, have areas in the schedule that if something happens to one game, you can move a game, you know, and they're doing a great job working with it. But, and I think that's going to be how it is all year. It just, it's going to be changing. It's ever, you know, it's just a different landscape every day. And so we got a lot of games. So there's, you know, we were thinking like, Oh, we have some great practice time. Well, we're playing a lot. So um, we got to take advantage of it. We got to do the best we can. We got to keep our guys on the court every way possible. Um, and that's a whole nother animal this year than ever before. And, uh, so we just have to be smart and, uh, follow the guidelines and, and our guys got to follow the guidelines and, and do everything we can to be on the court to practice and then play the games. Your home opener is going to be Sunday, November 29th at 1 PM against Trinity international. And before Valpo fans start going crazy, uh, the Packers and bears play on Sunday night. So there's going to be no. We're going to, we're not going to miss the Packers or the bears on Sunday night. You're going to miss the Washington football team. I know that's going to be tough for you, but um, Trinity international is part is part of the MTE, right? With UIC. Yes, sir. And, and, and I mean, was that both Trinity international and Judson, you guys have had a long history of giving opportunities to non D one teams to be able to play. I guess, how did, how did those two games come about? Well, Trinity, they, they were willing to, to help, you know, get in there with us and UIC. Um, and that's, that's basically how it worked out. Um, uh, one of their assistants I'm really good friends with, a uh, great guy, um, used to be at the high school ranks and uh, got to know him really well recruiting wise. And so it, it, I'm glad that we're getting to play them um, in this. And then uh, Judson, um, their head coach would play at Garner Webb back in the day. He's been an assistant there. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, I'd been in talks with him uh, for a while about playing. And uh, initially we had to cancel. Uh, and I had to say, look, we're not going to be able to do it this year because we just not have space. But then as the schedule felt, you know, worked out and we lost some games that we thought we were going to have. And um, since I'd talked to him earlier, I was like, hey, can you do it on this date? That's the only date I got. 
Um, he was like, yeah, we can make it. We're going to try to make it work. Now, originally, Charlotte was going to come here as a return trip for a home and home that you guys did. Obviously, flying is not something that people want to be doing right now. You're trying to limit that as much as possible. Um, was that a buyout situation or is that a, hey, let's revisit this next year and you guys come to the ARC next year? We'll play them next year. Um, yeah, the uh, Mark LaBarber did a great job working with them and uh, and getting it where, you know, everything works out. And, you know, in this time, we want to help everybody play all the games they can. And that's that's how that worked out. Uh, we'd love to have them this year, uh, but we we'll love having them next year too. I want to – there's one big game we're going to get to in a second, but I want to look in the back half of this. Edwardsville, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Toledo, these were all flipped returns of games you played last year, home and homes. Was it easy, given that you had a relationship with these four teams, to settle on the dates? I know Toledo, again, was going to be the home opener or the season opener on the 10th. You pushed that back. Was it, uh, was it easy to slot these games in, or was it, again, like trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle? You know, it wasn't bad. Uh, all, the, all the schools have um, great coaching staffs, uh, very professional. Um, and they, w we all tried to work together to make everything help for everybody. You know, it wasn't, it, you know, it's just how do we get these games in so our guys have, you know, our teams have an opportunity to play basketball. And so um, before we even knew the start date, we knew it was going to be pushed back. Uh, we'd already talked to Toledo and we'd already decided, hey, look, we're not going to be able to play on the 10th so um we we probably decide on the 19th within an hour uh or less than that um and just talking to with them on the phone and and look let's do it and so we scheduled that we moved it back right away um a week later they they pushed the start back we already had it worked out uh, uic was before the the 25th start date um talked to them it was they're really going to be the hard ones to find a date because we we were pretty we were fortunate how our schedule played out because we didn't have that many games before the 25th. And so we had a lot of dates with, with these teams that we just had to keep. Uh, but UIC was going to be the tough one uh, to find a spot. But, you know, through it all, it worked out great to get them on there. Um, you know, and, and the coaches at, at all at Edwardsville and, and Central and Eastern, they're, they're great guys. And so um, it, it wasn't that difficult really, um, to get it out. It's just, hey, let's do it. And that was that was the extent of it. And now the big game, the big non-conference game that I don't think was part of the original plan. You're going to Purdue on December 4th. You're playing on the Big Ten Network. Uh, how did that one come about? Um, you know, Purdue's down the street, and we needed one more game. Uh, we were trying to, get, um, trying to get a good home game, a good series game um, that was close. And things weren't just weren't ha happening like we liked, and and uh, we actually, when our finals moved, that gave us that week of of where we're we'll playing Eastern Michigan on the 16th, and we did we moved them to that week um, because it you know it helped us, and they couldn't the and then the MAC started playing games that weekend of the fourth, fifth, and sixth, so then they couldn't play us on when we were plan to play so uh luckily for them uh and us that we could move them to the 16th now we have this gap um that we needed a game and you know looking for it and then um always in constant conversation with purdue um coach painters he's he's always he's always willing to play uh, once again they don't have that many opportunities to play 
non-conference games uh, except at home. And, and so um, it came up and we we're like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and that was the extent of it. And I was like, look, I got to get a couple other things finalized with our UIC MT to make sure we know the dates that I can give you. And uh, they're ready to roll. So it was good. I give a lot of credit to Matt Painter because he doesn't shy away from playing Indiana schools. He's got Indiana State on the schedule this year, I believe. Um, I felt like this was a year, if there was ever going to be a time to get some of these other schools in Indiana on the schedule where, you know, maybe a global pandemic is saying, let's not go anywhere. I'm guessing if Notre Dame, Indiana, and Butler won't play you this year, and not that they, not that, you know, I, I don't know if you guys reached out or whatever, but like, it just feels like this would have been the year or even, even ball state. But I know you said the Mac had to move things around and everything like that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't even need you to comment on that. I'll just throw shade at them. Uh, I do want to ask though. Well, Paul, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, we had 10 games scheduled in the non-conference and the NCAA cut it down where we only could play nine. So unless we lost multiple games, there wasn't a lot of conversation with yeah. a lot of schools. Um, and now, I do know there was conversation with my guy, Greg Campy over at Oakland. I had talked to him at one point and he <laughs> said that, that you guys had at least talked. Yep. But, no, we have, and, um, you know, back in the day, that was a, a really good rivalry, you know, and, <laughs> Uh, trying to work something out. I think that's that's another reason why we'll, UIC, uh, we'll just, you know, you're down the street. Why don't we, let's play. You know, let's, let's find a way you're close. Um, and, and, you know, the Mac schools have been really good at wanting to play. Like Ball State, the only reason we haven't played Ball State is purely because of dates and year and timing. Um, we love playing them. I mean, we don't, they're really good. I mean, they do a great job preparing. Uh, Jason then is a, uh, I mean, James is a heck of a coach, and um, and it just hadn't worked out that that we've been able to. We're working on it though. Hopefully, in the future, we can get that series going again. Um, I'm hoping we can work something out with Campy um, and get Oakland down here at least um, to some to some extent. Um, you know, Western Michigan's right across the border. We'd love to play them. So we'd love to play these teams that are, are close. Um, and this year, if we'd have had, I think we probably could have got some of those. I don't know about them coming to Valpo, but, um, you know, hopefully we can get, you know, all those schools. And we did talk to all the schools you mentioned um, just to say, and basically we've had conversations, look, if something happens where, you know, two teams can't play, let's say we're going to play it. I doubt this happens. We're going to play at Purdue and Purdue has to. Well, no, this, this, out. I this, mean, this schedule could question. change. Like, it, it very well is like, and I'm just going to use Purdue because we were talking about it, but let's say on December 2nd, Purdue says, hey, we had some cases. We have to shut the program down um, for two weeks. And let's say Notre Dame has loses a game on December 5th too. It might be on December 3rd uh, talking to those guys and say, hey, let's just play. Let's play. And so, you know, if, if that does happen and we have to move things around, we're in talks with quite a few local teams that we could bust to. And, you know, if, if, if we both lose games and we have a gap, let's, let's try to figure this out. That was my next question. I was going to ask if, if maybe a, a Chicago state was kind of on a retainer, like, Hey, we're let, let's keep each other on speed dial in case something crazy happens. And uh, 
I know, I know with baseball, we talked about this, Brian Schmack, you know, if, if two, if two teams get games rained out on a Tuesday, but the, the field's ready to go on a Thursday, I mean, they, they may say, Hey, let's play. And yeah. uh, it's good to hear that that flexibility is there. Um, we are working out if it happens or not, you know, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to find the right teams, but there's, there's multiple teams that we feel we can bust to. And once again, we're not looking at it as our uh, net rating to get in the NCAA tournament or travel. It was like, how do we get to play basketball games? You know, how, how do we get things on TV for the fans to watch and our guys to play and, and what's the best way to do it? And that's the pure, everything we're trying to do is how do we get to, to the court to play a game? You know, this is uh this is a tough question here. Not really a tough question, tough topic. Fans at, in the, in the stands, it has felt like a foregone conclusion to me that there wouldn't be fans of the games yet. People do keep asking, you know, what, what, what are the spectators, all that Porter County is in red right now, which I think it means uh, no to, I know high schools are going to parents only and things like that. Do you, I, I know this is probably not even something that, that you and Matt have to like, think about, this is a, probably above you guys a bit to an extent, but just your thoughts on, on, on what the spectator situation might be and, and how do you manufacture the energy if they're not there? You know, um, we do have to think about it. Um, and, but we have great leadership in Mark and he's got to think about it a lot more than we do. And he's got to talk to the right people in Porter County and, and the, and the conference. Um, and he's doing an amazing job. I mean, there's been a lot of things that are not normally on his plate that he's dealing with and, and all the uh, associate athletic directors, I mean, they're all doing a great job. Um, we want the same energy at practice every day, too. And there's no fans. So at the end of the day, these guys are getting to play basketball and they're getting to compete. And if they're brought up like I was, you know, if you're competing against your brother in the, in the outside your house or your buddies at the park or you're competing against another team at, at, with fans, you're still trying to win and you're trying to bring all the energy you can to win that game. And we have a lot of competitive guys and they get after it every day against themselves. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to be fired up to play uh, whoever we play, whenever we play them. Now the atmosphere of the noises in the crowd, which is huge and it gives you even more energy, you know, that, that that's just, it's not going to be there. And so, um, they got to bring all they got and be as intense and, and just get after it. And I so, can't wait for players to stop mid dribble and turn and listen to Todd Eichau's broadcast because they'll be able to hear it in the arena. I think it's going to be great. Uh, hey, I, I want to end with this, Luke. I'm always so thankful that you join us here. Um, I haven't seen practice at all. Who looks good? I mean, what, I know you got 17 guys, so you're not going to list all of them. Maybe you would, but, but what, what, what has stood out to you in the last uh, couple of weeks from practice? Who, who, who looks good? Who are you excited about? Kind of where, where are you at there? Hey, Rob Holloway looks great. He's been, he's been on a diet. Uh, he's been working out. He's doing a really good job with that. And I don't give him a lot of uh, props, but you know, he's looking really good. Um, Coach Bowen uh, for team pictures had a, had kind of like a mullet because um, of COVID. He got a nice haircut since then. So both those guys are looking great. Um, I've got the same facial features that you do. And I, I think it works out well for both of us. Yeah. Um, as for players, um, 
you know, every day we got, sometimes we have different guys a lot of days. So um, right now they, they're all just trying to be the best they can. Um, have, you, if, have you staggered practice groups or, or things to try to fight against getting quarantined? I know you guys have athletics was put on hold for a bit. How, how has that changed? Well, it's changed the rhythm. You know, we, we had a good few weeks of practice and we were really getting clicking a little bit, everybody understanding um, and on the same page. And what we do is not easy, especially for new guys. How we play basketball is it, it's different. It's not a – we have a lot of freedom, and there's a lot of reads and a lot of reaction and a lot of being on the same page with your teammates. And we were, we were feeling good about it, and then we got we got put on hold for a while. Um, and so uh, then that we have guys come back that, you know, that have to, you know, return to play protocol, and then other guys are just not in very good shape and because they've been out for – two weeks or three weeks where they sat in their dorm and didn't get to do anything. Um, and so, you know, the biggest concern for us is, is just getting back in shape, understanding each other and doing it in a, in a safe manner where they don't get injured. And, and, you know, it's not a lot. I mean, everyone's spaced out whole practice. I mean, there's no huddles. There's no, I mean, it's just, it's, it's different. Look, um, we use all corners of the gym. I can tell you that. And, uh, but we, we have a lot of guys that in the last few days of, you know, they're just, they're coming together. The upperclassmen are doing a good job. The freshmen are catching up quick. Um, they came in ready to compete. Uh, they're talented guys. So um, I think we have a pretty deep, deep roster. Um, and we had some guys that had some great success uh, for us um, that played a lot of minutes. And, you know, like Malik, is, he continues to get better. And, and, and Ben and Donovan are, I mean, the freshman to sophomore, that's the, you know, everybody hears that saying the best thing about freshmen is become sophomore. And, and both of them are really put a lot of time in. Uh, Daniels put a lot of time in. So Aaron Gordon, uh, Nick, you know, all the returners that were here, uh, Sigurd and Emil um, that didn't get a lot of playing time last year, it came back a lot better and worked really hard in the, in the quarantine workouts um, that they had back home. Um, I want, I want to ask about one more kid here. Uh, I follow Sheldon Edwards on Instagram and I don't sleep often. And so I'll be up at three o'clock in the morning and he's on his Instagram story in the gym, working out. You know, I remember Lubos Barton was a guy that had the keys to the gym and would go there nonstop. Sheldon feels like one of those guys that's living in the gym all the time. How exciting is that to know that you got, that these newcomers are, are, are dedicated to the craft of getting better every day. Uh, it's really awesome. And Sheldon does work and you know what? He's not working by himself. Um, we've had teams. Well, someone's got to film all that. <laughs> well, I don't know how he does all that. I mean, I, somehow I think he's filming while he's doing dunks. I, I, I don't know how he, <laughs> I don't know. He could, he'd win a dunk contest in most dunk contests. I can tell you that, but um, he's not in the gym by himself. That's the beauty of it. And we've had really good teams where you can count out five, six guys that are in there all the time or two or three all the time. Um, I can go down the list of our guys and say, yep, he's in the gym all the time. Yep, he's in the gym all the time. All our new guys are in the gym all the time. Um, and, you know, I think with the our shutdowns, I think it actually – it's not beneficial to our rhythm, but some of them are in the gym so much, they probably need a little break because as soon as they got on campus, they're in the gym. Um, and with them not being in class and today being reading day, I I bet most of them are shooting free throws and, and, and threes 
and I'm hoping some of them studying too, but they're in the gym and, and that's what they do. Um, and they're good guys. And, you know, uh, one of my former bosses, Scott Drew said the best recruit is a boring recruit, um, about his team he had last year. And we have some, we have boring guys. They like to, <laughs> they like the, I mean, they try to get the schoolwork done and they like to be in the gym. Um, there's not a lot more to their life, uh, than those type things. And they're really focused and good guys. And, um, and I think it's helped during these times because if, if other things were more important to them, then, you know, they would be out doing things, but they're not, they come to the gym, they go home, they eat, they study, they come to the gym. That's their schedule. Um, and, uh, so it's been fun. And Sheldon, Sheldon's a unbelievably humble, uh, energetic, smiling. Uh, if there is fans, he would talk to everybody. I mean, he, he's just, he, he's, he's awesome to have. And so is Connor and, and Jacob and, and, uh, good news. And, uh, it's, it's real love having all those, all the new guys, they've really brought some, some stuff, um, to our program and great talented guys, but they they work and they okay. want to be there. I want to end with one more player because you've mentioned almost everybody, but Steven Helm is back. He's about as old as we are. How <laughs> awesome is it to have Steven Helm back in the fold? Oh, it's amazing. Um, Steve has a perspective on life that's different than every player on our team. Um, he's more mature at life than all our guys. He's a sophomore on the court. Um, but, and he, he, well, one, he never misses a free throw. So that's always good. But uh, he just understands what it's like. Um, he's not a guy that gets, he gets down on himself. He needs to learn to let that go a little bit. Um, but he, he's pretty level-headed other than that. And he's a leader. He's a teammate. Um, he would do whatever it takes to help his team on and off the court. Um, it's it's really good. And he's, he's a you know a Valpo kid. Is is you know his mom is a professor um, at Valpo. His dad's a, a co uh, has been a college coach here at Valpo and is is still a coach. And they're just they're just great people all through and through. So he makes our program better before practice and in practice, he's very, very competitive. He's a good defender. He can, he can shoot the ball. Um, and so it's, it's great having him out there. So, um, I should have mentioned him earlier. So thanks for bringing him up. And then, no, I wanted you know, to get, I wanted to give oh, him some standalone love there. And it, you know, uh, and then of guys that, you know, probably won't get a lot of playing time is like Brock Pappas and Luke Morrell. And then, uh, Tyler Fricky is a, a new face. Um, we also have Eric Goods. He's not on the roster, but he's a, a guy that's new to our program. He's he's in practice a lot, helping our guys. Um, in a he's lot from of Andrean, I believe. Right? He's from Andrean, won a state championship at Andrean. So it's it's just these guys bring so much, and they sacrifice and give so much to the program that it it really makes it, it makes the program what it is. Um, and so um, it's really beneficial. So everybody that is in our bubble. Um, and, and we tried to expand our bubble because everybody wanted us to bring in, you know, have a bigger roster. And then all of a sudden we expand it. And then they say, COVID, you got to shrink your bubble. So, um, so we, we, uh, you know, we were planning on having, you know, 17, 18 guys on the roster and we, we still do. Um, but it's, it's made things a little more difficult in COVID times, you know, in the locker room, on the court, everybody just got to stay spaced out and alternate when they yeah, go can in you, there. Can you travel everybody? Um, we we it, we can't travel um, guys that are not able to play. So okay. if, if there's an injury or 
anything like that, they're going to have to stay at home. We're, we're going to limit it. And usually we try to, especially bus trips, um, you know, yeah. managers do an amazing job on helping us in every way. And we want to give them as much as we can and opportunity, but on, on bus, and, and on bus trips, we can, you know, they, they'll sleep on the floor if they need to in the hotel, they usually don't have to, but, um, this year we, we got to limit it, limit the number of managers that go with us. And we're actually, we're still working on those details. Um, yeah. right now, I know we leave in an eight or in a week to go play a game. Um, and most teams play in on the 25th and what's today, the 19th. So in six yeah. days, and I think 140 teams still hadn't released their schedule. So um, that's a lot of things we're still working on. Um, everybody's like asking about game times. ESPN hadn't even told us when game times are yet. And so for a lot of games. So um, I'm hoping maybe the Vanderbilt game will be on ESPN produced, I think. I'm seeing I'm seeing SEC Network Plus for the Vanderbilt game, a 7 p.m. tip on November 27th. That when the schedule was released earlier this morning, there was no game time. Now it looks like there is a game time, but as we know, these things change. Luke, I want to thank you very much for joining us here on Union Street Hoops. Uh, I, I think we'll remember this this schedule podcast for a long time. So, oh, I always remember time with you, my man. So. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. We we'll look forward to seeing you in the gym here in about a week. Thank you very Sounds much. Sounds good. Take care, man.